The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll never has to with BetQL. Use the promo code MARCH30 for 30% off the entire year of BetQL. That's BetQL, promo code MARCH30. We're also brought to you in part by Odds Crowd, and Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Just download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. And make sure that you subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we're also brought to you in part by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise Capper Contest at pickwise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadeau, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-take-all $10,000 prize. It's over at PicksWise.com. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, indeed. It is the first weekend in April, believe it or not, and we are back to mix it up, to talk the sweet science, to talk the fights this weekend, including some championship fights that are not on the continental U.S., but at least they're of interest to us. All the news, all the action, we're here to talk all about it here as part of Big Fight Weekend. I've got special guests joining me in just a moment. Before I get to them, reminder, however you found Big Fight Weekend, the podcast, social media link, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and the network fleet of shows. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. It comes automatically to you. We are primarily in the preview mode, usually on Friday, midday, Friday afternoon. Get ready for the weekend. Sometimes we're back if the fight is big enough in the recap mode as well. You will never miss us if you subscribe. You get an automatic notification. You get the ding, the whole bit that we've got a brand new episode of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. So with the promotional hullabaloo out of the way, let me get to the guest. Here he is out of the blue corner, the senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Marquise Johns back on board on the podcast. Week Sauce Radio, you're ready to go with another episode. Now the month of April. Absolutely, TJ. Uh, no April Fool shenanigans here. Uh, new month, uh, a lot of international cards and a lot of international action this weekend. You have uh, you have rebuffed the April Fool's report that you were coming out of retirement to fight Oscar De La Hoya. I like that about you. Also <laughs> with us from NewYorkFights.com. NYFights.com is where you find Abraham Gonzalez, our Semper Fi brother from another mother, United States Marine Corps. Hoorah! Abe Gonzalez, welcome into the Big Fight Weekend podcast once again, sir. What's going on, TJ? And the rumors of me and Marcos Antonio Barrera may be true. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools or not, Barrera wants to come back. De La Hoya wants to come back. Uh, who knows? 
uh, on any of that, but I love this. Okay, uh, so we'll get into a little bit of the news of the week here. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of Jamel Herring versus Carl Frampton. That is the Saturday afternoon U.S. time, Saturday night late in the U.K. where Frampton is from in Ireland, middle of the night in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates that they'll be fighting for the WBO Junior lightweight championship that Herring owns. Frampton looking for a third world title in a third different weight division. That's the most intriguing fight of the weekend. We'll get to that in a couple of moments. But first, some news of the week, et cetera, with Abe with us and, and Marquise uh, here to kick us off. Let's begin right there. I mean, everybody apparently wants in on the Legends series the whole bit. Oscar De La Hoya says, I'm fighting July 3rd. Uh, what is it? Barrera and Morales say they're fighting an exhibition. We don't know if Tyson's going to fight Holyfield. Abe, you're our guest. You first here. What do you make of all the legends talk and all the guys coming out of the woodwork that want to that want to mix it up uh, right now in exhibitions or whatever these are going to be later in the year? I mean, to be honest with you, they see the the pot of gold that has surfaced, and uh, hey, they want in, and I can't blame them for that. You know, they whether it's pay per view, whether it's Chavez against Camacho Jr. or Cotto versus Juan Manuel Marquez, like whatever. But they see the pot of gold there. There is interest in those fights. People want to see them where it's 2020 to 2021 nostalgia, you know, era. Everybody wants to see it. It's Cobra Kai, you know, all over again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great analogy. I haven't gotten into that, but I'm going to binge probably this summer on the Cobra Kai because again, I'm as big a karate kid fan as there is. And I'm nostalgic 30 years later to watch. That's your whole point with that. Marquise, what's going on here? Uh, with with some of the legends of of the 90s, the early 2000s, and want to get back in the ring. In, in the spirit of Cobra Kai, teaser, get these guys a body bag. But no, the one thing with a lot of these uh, these older uh, fighters coming back into the retirement center, uh, back into the ring. In the case of De La Hoya, I think it's financially motivated, TJ, because let's be honest, anyone who's been watching a Golden Boy promotion this, since the pandemic and is wondering what's going on with Golden Boy in the zone, it's uh, questionable at best. And my theory is that this is going to be something that's going to help, going to help De La Hoya, Golden Boy, and springboard them to having more of their fight cards on this trailer network uh, along with the rest of them. And also, it's funny that, TJ, a lot of these old guys are coming out of the woodworks now, and a lot of them are saying the same exact quote verbatim, guys, where it's, hey, we saw Tyson do it. We want to do it, too. They saw Tyson get paid why not me yeah but then again tyson's on a whole different level in terms of a drawing card well and de la hoya might be he supposedly wants to fight an mma fighter is it an exhibition de la hoya is 48 years old guys not a spring chicken at all uh here for this so we'll find out what oscar is up to uh in due time we do know this and Abe, we haven't had a chance to ask you about this the pre-sale is over. The sale to the general of the public is still going on for Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders. They're up to over 50,000 tickets sold already for AT&T Stadium. Uh, again, if they're allegedly allowed to have the full capacity or mostly full capacity, they might have 60,000, 70,000 people at this thing at the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it, what are your thoughts uh, on this? And again, they could restrict it and, and, and scale back some of the fans that can be there. But this would be the first big-time, massive crowd live gate for a Canelo fight, and we haven't had a chance to get input from somebody like you on that. What do you think? Man, I, I, I love it. I love it. It's a, From the outside looking in, it's a little scary, right? Um, but I, I love the event. It's a big event. It's probably going to be the, the biggest event in Dallas. Um, I think it's good for the sport. I mean, the sports superstar does need to be in that type of platform so that he can give the confidence back to the people and say, hey, listen, you know, um, I'm back. 
we should all be, you know, kind of going back into routine a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's good just as long as, you know, there, there are proper things in place, sort of like opening day today where you had to show uh, your vaccine card or a, um, or a negative COVID test within the last couple of days. So if they follow that protocol, which I, I'm probably 100% sure that they're going to, um, I think that will be all right. Then again, it is Texas where they have opened things up. And in fairness, on all sides of this, it's a massive football stadium and they can spread people out. Now, if you start getting to 50, 60, 70,000, it gets harder to spread uh, anybody out. Uh, and, and another point here is, too, that ever since Greg Abbott, the governor, announced they were 100 percent open and mask free, their numbers are still going down in terms of COVID-19. So for all the harpooning of him for making that announcement, by the time we get to May, in another three, four weeks here in the week of the fight, it may be much different uh, on that point. Uh, Marquise, a follow-up to anything Abe had to say there, and the, and the ticket sales continue to go up for Canelo Saunders. We're still a month away. It's great to see, TJ, and I'm going to get back what I mentioned with you last week about this, where I really think this is more of a marketing ploy on, on, on a certain level to uh, you know, kind of su- increase the supply and demand for this Canelo fight against Billy Joe Saunders, because let's be honest, guys, no one from the UK is flying over, one, because they can to see Billy Joe Saunders, and two, because they want to see Billy Joe Saunders. <laughs> and, and the problem is that as well, is with this as well, is that this, this fight is not having this max capacity of whatnot. A lot of these other fights they've mentioned down the road are not, for example, the uh, Ver- the, the uh, Jaime Munguia fight versus Marcel Selecki at uh, the UTEP El Paso is only having 40%. There's a lot of that right. still going on. So this Canelo fight is more of just to see how much we can get and see how much we can pack the house. I really think teaching this cap may be about uh, just 50, 60,000 just to drive the, the demand of it. But it, it and, helps because uh, it's, it's that Cowboys thing where, as you mentioned, and before, you so did much put it out there. I don't mean to inter- interrupt, but you did Go put ahead. it out there last week on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. They could come back and say, hey, we've got to scale it back. And so it's only going to be 20 or 30 thousand people and it's the first 20 or 30 thousand people that acted that actually get to go to this thing or not that might happen it's boxing uh anything can go on uh with that um all right uh what else do we have on news of the week did i pretty well cover it abe or uh, marquise before we get into herring and frampton and uh, frampton and what uh, abe's thoughts are on this anything else i know ring city is a, a fight card series that's been going on on the nbc sports network here in the u.s uh, very evenly matched fights. Amanda Serrano was the main event. Uh, ladies World Featherweight Champion last week, and that was good. They've had some interesting cards. They're building some traction, but they've had to do a little bit of shuffling as well. Uh, Abe, you've been writing about this, NewYorkFights.com. What, what about the Ring City card series here, up and coming? Yeah, so Charles Conwell was originally slated to fight in April. He got injured, um, but they're, they're going with a heavyweight card um, out of uh, West Point uh, Military Academy. So that's in New York. Uh, it's, you know, very famous. Uh, a lot of, a lot of folks know about West Point. Uh, the, the good thing about this is that they're also teaming up with AFN TV to stream it. So AFN on forces network, they stream, um, stuff all across the world for military members. So if you're in a, in a crazy location and you could only pick up one channel, that's the channel you pick up. So, they're going to be able to see that for free, which is huge. Um, they have Jermaine Franklin, who's 20 and 0. Um, he's going against Stephen Shaw, who's 14 and 0 in a 10 round fight. I think it's going to be a good, a really good fight. West uh, West Point. I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a nice look. They're probably going to have you know um, some some military uh, in uniform on the outskirts, and so it's definitely going to have that appeal and that presence. And I think that's a great 
great job and great marketing by Ring City. And how soon is that coming? Is that one in May or is that coming in April with what Ring City has announced at this point? Because I know they've been fighting in Puerto Rico with everybody pseudo bubbled, the broadcast crew, everything. They're all they're all getting to spend like late March and April in Puerto Rico to have numerous fight cards every week in the same place. How soon on the West Point, if you know, Abe? Yes, it's going to be uh, April 22nd. All right, so that's coming in a few weeks. And am I the only one that has been to West Point out of the three of us? Marquise Johns, Abe Gonzalez is ex is is ex Marine or or Marine for life. Just uh, have you ever been to West Point? Either one of you, Marquise, Abe? No, nah. I have not. I've only seen it only when they mentioned the great Army Navy game when they always show the military <laughs> of you know cheering cheering everybody on. But Which, I want the piggy. Yeah, which, by the way, they played the Army-Navy game at West Point this year, which was the first time in like 70 years. They didn't play it at a neutral site. They played it there. I've been there for an Army football game back now about, I don't know, 15, 17 years ago, and it is some setting uh, there for right on the Hudson River, upstate New York. It, it is, uh, it's some scene. So I, I'm with you, Abe. It's going to be neat to watch that. And Marquise, go ahead and follow up with that about the fight card. Yeah, but one thing Ring says I like what they're doing is they're 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 putting on fights with different events and uh, pretty much get, uh, gimmicks and promotions going on. Like these last few cars they had in Puerto Rico with the atmosphere behind it, the, the pictures of Puerto Rico were amazing just for that fight atmosphere as a whole. And this is gonna be interesting too with everyone you know behind you know with the military rooting on for these fights. And apparently, as mentioned as well, on some of these undercards uh, at West Point, there's gonna be military people actually on the undercard. So that's gonna be ruckus and gonna be a good time. Actually, I'm looking forward to seeing some of how that's gonna look out at the end of the month. Voice of Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Abraham Gonzalez is also here, nyfights.com. You follow Abe on social media at Abe, A-B-E-G-718. Maybe sometime in our lifetime he'll tell us that the G718, G probably for Gonzalez, but the 718 may be an area code. It could be a secret code. It could be ex-Marine stuff, and he'd have to kill us if he told us. I don't know, but follow him at AbeG718 for Abraham Gonzalez of NewYorkFights.com. So that leads us into the WBO Junior Lightweight title fight coming in Dubai. Again, this fight will be in the middle of the night. It will start somewhere after 1 a.m. local time in the Middle East. That will be in prime time in the U.K., somewhere around 9, 9.30, something like that in the U.K. In the United States, around 5 or 5.30 Saturday afternoon, Jamel Herring makes the third defense of his WBO world title. Carl Frampton, former two-division world champ at junior featherweight and featherweight, goes for a third world title in a third different division. Abe, as our guest, what intrigues you about this fight? A couple of veterans, both of them in their mid-30s here. What intrigues you here, Abe? I just like the fight in general. I'm, you know, I, I watched Carl Frampton coming up from 122, and, you know, he's just, he... He is um, a chess player in there. He really knows what he's what he's got going on. Uh, he knows his opponents. He's he's always thinking in there. Um, Jamel Herring, on the other hand, is a uh, you know is another great fighter, rhythm fighter, uh, and you know he definitely trains as if every fight is going to be the biggest fight of his career. So I really enjoy. I'm really going to enjoy this fight. This is a really big fight. And um, it's just, you know, styles make fights. And I think um, this one is perfectly matched. Marquise and I are going to talk a bunch more about this fight in the ins and outs with his opinion uh, coming here in a moment. So while I have Abe here for a few more moments, I want to keep pressing him. This fight's been delayed. I mean, it was supposed to be last summer. Uh, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic delayed that. They were going to try to fight it in the fall. 
and then Herring on the timeline got COVID-19, was ill, had to stop training for several weeks. Then, then there's this whole, okay, they tried to get it rescheduled. They're not going to be able to have fans. Where is it going to be? It's going to be in London without fans, and there's allegedly money trouble. So now they move it to the UAE, to United Arab Emirates and Dubai uh, for April. This thing has been delayed for a while. Is it, Abe, in your mind, is it going to be worth the wait, or has it lost some of the sting because it didn't happen last winter or at least in January? I do believe that it might have lost a little bit of the sting. Um, if it would have happened when it was supposed to happen, I think uh, fans would have been more excited about it. Um, but unfortunately, things happen. Uh, injuries happen. Delays happen. And now we're getting it now. Uh, it kind of snuck up on us. Kind of snuck up on us. Uh, you know, it was announced. And then there were so many great fights in between it. And then it's like, boom, all of a sudden we have, you know, Frampton uh, and Herring um, fight coming up. So, I still think that people get excited about it. I, I don't think that it was um, during the fight week, but come tomorrow and Saturday, uh, people will be talking about it. I know that on the military side, a lot of folks, you know, posting about it and really excited about seeing Jamel fight on ESPN Plus. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to to pick up once Friday afternoon comes around. Love the insight of Abraham Gonzalez, who, again, United States Marine through and through, Jamel Herring, United States Marine. When you're talking about the military and that stuff, uh, what a great story for him, making this latest world title defense and the biggest payday of his career, biggest stage of his career. It's not an overstatement against Carl Frampton. Um, and again, Marquise and I will have more on, on that fight after our timeout in a few moments. Abe with us for a few more minutes. All right, the guys want me to pronounce the name first. The other title fight card is in Uzbekistan. Murajan Akhmadialev. How did I do? Are we going to go with that? Akhmadialev, we're going to go with that. Marquise and Abe is the champ. We're good? I'm running with it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, run, it. let's run with that. <laughs> Akhmadialev is fighting a Japanese fighter, Rusuki uh, Iwasa. That is a 12-round title fight. Akhmadi Alev has the 122-pound world titles for the IBF and the WBA. They are in action Saturday afternoon, U.S. time. DAZN will stream it in the United States. And Akhmadi Alev is a guy that could end up unifying the name. Stephen Fulton is out there, right? Abe and Marquise uh, that has one of the belts. Um, Stephen Fulton out of, Philadelphia, out of Philadelphia just recently beat Angelo Leo, right, uh, for, the, uh, for that version of the championship. Uh, the WBC version of the championship. So this will be interesting. Can uh, the Uzbekistan, the Uzbekistani, is that correct? Akhmadi Alev in action. We'll, we'll peek at this. Will we not, guys, this weekend to see how he does? Marquise, yes? Absolutely, TJ. And it's funny uh, you mentioned this fight because if you didn't have the zone or had a uh, reminder for the zone this weekend, this fight's taking place and they haven't told much about much to do about anybody for it. But I'm looking forward to seeing how this uh, Akhmadiyev looks and just this, this go around ever since winning the belts from uh, Danny Roman last year before the pandemic hit to see how he shapes up. It's going to be interesting at that to see how he shapes up as well. As, and hopefully this will set something down the line with him actually taking on a Stephen Fulton or someone else to unify for the belts. Abe Gonzalez, how interested are you in this just because of the angle that Fulton's an American and there could be an undisputed fight down the road, et cetera, et cetera? I think with the with the 122-pound division, you have to pay attention to this fight. Uh, you know, this is a homecoming for him. You know, the zone is trying to expand their um, their territory as far as subscriptions and all that. So, you know, they're stacking the Uzbekistanians on this Very card. Nice. You know, to, to um, you know, to get that crowd, and I can't blame him for that. You know, 
it's no different than top rank stacking the Puerto Ricans on, on the April card in Florida. So it, it happens. Um, it's good marketing. It's good promotion. But he's a guy that we have to pay attention to. You know, you got the Stephen Fulton Jr. fight. Maybe Brandon Figueroa, you know, Luis Neri, you know, all those guys are in play. So it's a lot of good fights to be made out there. So this guy is a guy that we got to pay attention to. Now, will the politics of being on the zone get, interfere with everything later on down the road? Who knows? But right now, it's good to pay attention to him, get to know him, get familiar with him, because I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Love that. I also love the fact I'm just playing with my guys. Neither one of you tried Akhmadi Alev. I think Marquis <laughs> nope. sort of tried it uh, there <laughs> for that on Saturday in Uzbekistan. Uh, all right, before we run here, Abe Gonzalez, tell them more. Michael Woods and you do a great job on NY Fights, NewYorkFights.com. Tell them more about what you're working on, what you're watching this weekend. Promote away, please. Thank you, man. Uh, so I have a, uh, I did a piece with uh, Joe Smith Jr. He's fighting next Saturday, so... Um, I'll be releasing that piece on Sunday. Uh, it's a, a Q&A, kind of checking in on him, see what, what he's got going on. Some lightweight, light heavyweight world title shot for Joe Smith Jr., a delayed light heavyweight uh, world title shot, right? Coming for him next week in the Top Rank Show, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with a delayed honeymoon and everything. So I'll get into all of that uh, on that piece. <laughs> Sorry, honey, we can't take the honeymoon. They rescheduled my title fight. That's a great excuse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we got that and and just uh, looking forward to the fight on Saturday and uh, um, from Dubai. I'm really interested in seeing that. I have a feeling that if, um, and this is real quick, if Herring wins, I think we see Harry and Teofimo later this year um, in a pay-per-view. And if Frampton wins, it's him and Stevenson in Ireland on pay-per-view. So wow. uh, I, think, I think we have some interesting things going on. Um, okay, wait a minute. You gave me some juice before we get out of here. You really <laughs> believe that Herring doesn't fight Stevenson in victory, but Frampton would just for the logistics of – Stevenson goes and fights in Ireland and Herring gets the bigger payday. Teofimo Lopez going to fight Jamel Herring. Is it just a made thing for top rank guys? Is that what your theory is? Yes. I, I really believe that because there's rumors that he's going to move up to 135 after this fight. And if that's true, if I'm, if I'm top rank and I want to keep Teofimo happy coming off of that thriller, um, you know, rub, then the next big fight would be to do a, you know, a champion moving up of a Jamal Herring against a Teofimo Lopez. And if it's me, I'll do it in November during Veterans Day uh, uh, month and Marine Corps birthday month. And you slap all that together on a pay-per-view and boom, you got, you have a legitimate Here's your problem. You're making too much sense for boxing. <laughs> You've laid it out perfectly, but you're making too much sense for them to figure it out on their own. Plus, last I checked, Marquise, help me out here. I think Teofimo Lopez's message to Bob Arum with the figurative middle finger extended was lose my number. Am I wrong about that? It was, it was I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm fighting for Triller now. Uh, but then again, money talks, right? Yeah, Money Talks, TJ. And the last thing that, that was mentioned with Teofimo Lopez was his dad saying pretty much that, you know, they're, they've, they're making they're standing their ground like it's Vietnam. So take all of that shenanigans. Like Muhammad Ali and the courts in Vietnam. What is he talking about? Yeah. Stop babbling. One, yeah, TJ, yeah, one bump for the Supreme stop. Court, one's fighting on pay-per-view on Fight TV. Uh, come on now. But uh, <laughs> not the same thing. Not the same. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But as always, Money Talks, and we'll see what happens with that. But I did. But, hey, before you go, I wanted to get you out on this because the last time you were on here, 
You mentioned that the possibility of Terrence Crawford moving up to 154 at the end of the day. And last good go, this week go around, he's in the part of the uh, Manny Pacquiao sweepstakes for what seems to be about, <laughs> I don't know, the 48th millionth time. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that. And do you really think that thing's actually do happening? Do you still or- believe that Crawford moves up to 154? Or is this, is there really legitimacy to the smoke that's out there? Is there fire on Crawford Pacquiao? Abe Gonzalez, nyfights.com. What say you? I think I think both things happen. I think the Pacquiao fight may very well happen if the money's right, but I still think he goes up to 154. They were kind of, you know, he was with Andrade and Danny Garcia, and, you know, they were kind of, like, slapping bodies a little bit in Dallas, and Andrade was like, man, or Andrade, he was like, man, you, you're, pretty, you're a pretty big guy, and kind of Crawford laughed it off, you know, as far as moving up to 154. So I think I, I really believe he, he still moves up to 154, because uh, the Spence fight is just not happening. And after fighting Pacquiao, wh- what else is there? You know, there's nothing else. I will do. believe Manny Pacquiao is fighting somebody when I see him in the ring with them. Because, again, he's got all these spokespeople saying that he's fighting everybody from Crawford to Conor McGregor to Errol Spence to the Easter Bunny, speaking of Easter coming this weekend. <laughs> and it ain't happened. None of it's happened. Uh, all right. On that note, Abe, NewYorkFights.com. Again, follow him at Abe G. And then am I going to get the uh, the number right? Abe G718, right, is where they find you on social media to lock in uh, for all of your tweets as you're going to be live tweeting throughout the weekend, et cetera, et cetera. We appreciate you hanging out with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, my friend. Thank you very much. And there he goes, Abe Gonzalez with us. Marquis, stand by. More coming up from you on the Herring Frampton fight on the other side as we continue here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. But first, let's tell you about our friends at WinBet, the college hoops narrowing down to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and headed to the Final Four. And WinBet is live, bringing you all the action of real sports betting and online casino play produced by Win Las Vegas. Get in on all your favorite teams, the Cinderella stories, the tournament upsets still to come, all with WinBet. Don't miss out on the madness. Generous promos. Odds, parlays, they're all happening right now at winbet.com. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free. Terms and conditions do apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app. And you're going to hear Brian Edwards and I talking more about those win bet lines, including the very intriguing Oregon State seven-point underdog line with Loyola of Chicago. I also am taking a strong look at the win bet line of Oregon, another one from the Pacific Northwest, getting the two-and-a-half on the win bet line with USC. Check out all of those lines at winbet.com. And we're brought to you in part by BetQL. If you're looking to get an edge and make smarter bets during March Madness, well, BetQL's algorithm scan thousands of data points across every game and find the best bets. Easily find the most profitable bet based on their top betting trends. If your bracket is busted, but you still have some bankroll, it doesn't have to bust as well. Just head to BetQL.com and start today. Go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download BetQL to bet smarter, not harder. And use our promo code MARCH30 for 30% off of BetQL for the year. That's BetQL.com. The promo code is MARCH30 with BetQL. 
We are also brought to you by PicksWise.com. It's helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring, sports fanatic-wise guys who are giving you the who, the how, and the why behind every prediction on every game, every day, in every sport. And guess what? It's all for free. And PicksWise has the capper contest to follow with the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadeau, and six other experts all competing for ten grand in a winner-takes-all prize. You can follow all the action and the free picks and analysis every day for the big dance by visiting PicksWise.com slash March Madness. That's PicksWise.com slash March Madness. And we're brought to you in part by Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGNs only care about, sports betting. Better Than Vegas is running a free bracket style capper contest with a chance to win $5,500. Just go to Better Than Vegas and don't forget to let them know that SGP sent you. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV also and subscribe to the Better Than Vegas, Better Than Dot Vegas page. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV for Better Than Dot Vegas. And we're brought to you in part by Odds Crowd, and hopefully you entered the Odds Crowd March Madness contest for your chance to win $8,000 as Odds Crowd has plenty of free contests, including a $500 weekly contest and a $2,000 season-long MLB contest. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contest, it's a social app built just for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests, and more with your buddies. Just download the app for free. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds to find out more about Odds Crowd. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG since you're buying positions from other sports bettors and there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now. We're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on Three Dog Thursday. And on Wednesday and Saturday, pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 in edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just 10 bucks. Sign up today at betteredge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Promo code SGP. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in once more, previewing on the weekend. Biggest fight is not in the United States, although it does involve a U.S. fighter. Third title defense of WBO, junior lightweight world champ Jamel Herring fighting the Jackal. Carl Frampton, two-division world champion, junior featherweight and featherweight now goes for the super featherweight or junior lightweight world title from the WBO in this long-delayed matchup. And Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, is back in with me here. Uh, so the buildup has been going on. Again, it's been long delayed. Uh, same kind of question that I was asking, Abe, uh, if just follow up on it. Did it lose some of its momentum or luster that we've had to wait and wait and wait, and it's finally now going to happen in April when it maybe could have happened in December or January? 
I think it has TJ a little bit. And I think the problem with that was, I don't know necessarily if it's because of the pandemic per se, but I think it's because of the fact that there was a cash flow problem uh, on the on this fight being made as a whole. Uh, to those who haven't been paying attention to this fight, originally when this fight was announced, TJ, uh, one of the backers behind this card was Queensberry Promotions and Frank Warren. Uh, this fight going on this Saturday does not mention Frank Warren or Queensberry promotions. So if you're if you're trying to figure out, guys, where the money issue come from, uh, just follow the bouncing ball. <laughs> As we always like to say, follow the money, because the fight was originally going to be in the BT Sports studio in London, empty, no fans or at least just like immediate friends and family and no live gate. And that's when all the money stuff came up for mid-February. And lo and behold, Carl Frampton allegedly has a wink-wink. I know it's an audio podcast. Hand injury as well. Mm. Now, suddenly the hand is healed. Now, suddenly we have money. And the fight is somewhere else with fans in Dubai, in the UAE. Uh, very interesting on on uh, on the delay here. And you wanted to weigh in also on Abe's theory about who's going to end up uh doing what if they win this fight what's uh what's your theory and your your thought there abe was saying that he thinks it's herring moving up to fight teofimo lopez at lightweight and frampton if he wins fighting shakur stevenson i thought that a herring shakur stevenson matchup seemed like a natural thing at 130 and a massive payday no I think TJ, at the end of the day, I think the winner of this fight faces Shakur Stevenson because they can't longer delay or stall Shakur Stevenson on his mandatory title shot at this point anymore. There was a talk earlier, and I, and I saw Coppinger wrote about this, uh, speculating that Shakur Stevenson was going to fight the original mandatory at the WBO, uh, Jermaine, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nakilia out of, out of Ghana, who's who has TJ has been the DWBO mandatory for Herring's belt since he's won it literally since 2019. Wow. And uh, they can't, they, they can't stall him anymore. And essentially uh, top rank came out and said, uh, this is, if you want to read some fan fiction, read Mike, Mike Coppinger and the athletic. So they're shooting that <laughs> dreams down. So it, 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 it usually would, with rumors and whatnot, cop, top rank's pretty close lived about a lot of things. They don't just speak out of woodworks, but, but they, they jumped out of woodworks to shoot that one down, which I thought was interesting. Also, TJ, with this fight, the buildup for it as well, Frampton, as you go for Big Fight Weekend, was saying that, hey, this fight is pretty much a loser leaves the boxing ring kind of fight. And uh, and Herring kind of doubled down and said, uh, da, 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 no, Frampton, uh, that, that is if you lose. I'm still fighting on regardless of when lose or draw here. So I thought that was interesting. So I really think at the end of the day, TJ, uh, with Herring, uh, if he wins this fight, he gets Stevenson. Uh, if he loses, I think he rides off uh, facing somebody else, maybe at 135. Or I'm going to throw this name at you too, JTJ, because it's a name that's been mentioned before, and he hasn't gone away about not mentioning it since. Abner Mares is a name mm. that's been floated around for a long time, and he's been wanting to get back into the ring for a long time. I don't, I, don't, I think it's, at the end of the day, people are still talking about him facing Tank Davis. Well, Tank Davis is, is going to be busy for a little bit. So that's all that's out the window. So I really think that's an end. Keep in mind that with, with someone next, uh, next in the line for these guys at 130. All right. And again, uh, Frampton uh, said, if I lose, I'm retiring. And he, he explained it as that it's basically been a couple of years trying to get another world title fight. And he realizes if I lose again here and I'm approaching, I'm 34 now, I'm approaching 35, it might be another year and a half or two years before I get another title shot. I'm just going to move on if I don't win here um, on, on this fight on Saturday evening. And uh, again, for Jamel Herring, former uh, two-tour-of-duty Iraq war veteran 
and uh, has been through an awful lot. Massive payday for him. Let's see what happens in the adversity in, uh, in Dubai. Do you make anything, just real quick, before we get to the odds on this fight and much more, do you make anything of the, fight, uh, the, of the fact that, that uh, Frampton has been there for a couple of weeks in the Middle East to acclimate? Herring only got there at, uh, last weekend about Sunday with the time difference, et cetera. He got there on Sunday, so he's only been around about six days, five or six days in the Middle East. Is that really an advantage uh, for Frampton? Is too much being made of that, Marquise Johns, for Saturday? I think too much is being made of that Saturday because once the bell rings, all that gets thrown out the window. I think Frampton just wanted to get a head start because he was, he was already in London and was fearing in case there was a fear of another London shutdown or in the UK where they couldn't travel or any word travel restrictions, i.e. similar to uh, Pavek and uh, Dillian White where they had to you know travel to the Rock of Gibraltar for all things uh, in terms of having fights. I, I just think Frampton wanted to get there earlier, get the atmosphere, try to food out, uh, see how that works out. I really thought it was interesting as well, TJ, that this fight in the UK, because you mentioned we mentioned before that was supposed to be happening in the BT Sports Studio. They're not involved with this as well. They're, this fight's going to be in, in in the UK on Channel Five, which I think in terms Free of TV, us, yeah, yeah, essentially TJ, that's that's the uh, Boxio Telemundo of K essentially. So it's, it's 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 funny how all of that fell by the wayside for this fight, but. Dad and this fight, it was, it was either one or two things. It was going to be either beyond in BT in the UK and not in the US on ESPN, which is ridiculous, or vice versa with the guy holding the championship belt not being in the US on television. It's, it's so bizarre. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that Herring's fight would not be on US TV. It's just totally counterproductive to him if that was going to be the case. So it will be on ESPN Plus, not on big ESPN. And again, they've got a real concern here because the first of the college basketball final four semifinals is going on while this fight is going on. And I, and again, hardcore boxing fans are going to watch on ESPN plus, but any hope of getting a casual sports fan to watch this is out the window with Houston playing Baylor in the first game of the final four at Indianapolis at the same time. So that's bad timing yeah. on that. And top ranked by design has stayed away from the month of March and in any fights the weekend and Fox with premier boxing champions has stayed away on the weekends, at least on Saturdays from fighting uh, with the NCAA tournament going on uh, in this country. So uh, we'll see what kind of audience comes up from that. I did like Jamel hearing joking just one more time here on the big fight weekend podcast that when he did get to Dubai and has been walking around and seeing the culture that he has been called on more than one occasion, Obama or President Obama, because they're, <laughs> they're seeing a dark skinned, uh, you know, uh, black man there in the in the day. He, he said it jokingly. He goes, I've been called Obama more than once and President Obama. Uh, so uh, we'll oh, see if he puts man. the presidential seal on Carl Frampton uh, coming on uh, on Saturday. And what do you have for the odds for our friends at SportsGamblingPodcast.com? We always go over the odds. And this one is a pretty much 50 50 on the odds. Uh, what do you have at last check here as we head towards the weekend? Yeah, TJ, for our friends at the, uh, the Sports Gambling Network, uh, Frampton is a small underdog in this, uh, pretty much a plus 100 at the time of recording this, to uh, uh, to, uh, to, be, to make history as the first Irish boxer to win the belt in three weight classes against Herring. Uh, so, so not really shocking because this fight for the most part, TJ, has been 50-50 for the most part on the money line, essentially until about literally yesterday or even this morning when we're recording this. Uh, also, to keep in mind is that, because I actually don't, see Frampton winning this fight whatsoever uh but I do see that this going past the over of a uh, 10 and a half rounds which I think is a, a slam dunk but that's also at uh, minus 400 so uh, I'm not the only one seeing the same thing 
Well, and again, neither of these guys are big knockout guys, so yeah. it's not you know it's not that far fetched that it's going to go into the late rounds, if not uh, be a decision. Hey, you did bring up, and we didn't talk about it earlier, Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin. We spent a lot of time on that in the preview mode last week. Yeah. We wondered what COVID nineteen would do to Povetkin, plus he's forty two years of age. And to me, uh, I mean, it was it was sad in the second round. He looked out of gas and wobbly against Dillian White. And White got his knockout. You know, now he's relevant again to an extent. But I think the story was more about that Povetkin looked like end of the line, 42 years old, and zapped by COVID-19. I think it does take some away from the accomplishment there when the other guy uh, was clearly gassed, I thought. My thoughts. Your your thought watching that heavyweight tussle in the uh, Isle of Gibraltar last Saturday? Kind of sad and depressed, TJ, because I thought Pavekin had a shot to win this fight last weekend, and then the bell rang, and this man looked like he may have came fresh from the hospital where he had the IV drip walking into the ring because he looked exhausted <laughs> walking down to the ring. And once that happened, I was like, oh, this is not good. And once it, by about the, by about the middle of that first round, when Pavekin really wasn't throwing anything, I realized that this is not going to be long for the ride on here. And with white winning, we get to hear the nonsense again of him being the WBC intercontinental champion, a thousand days mandatory, <laughs> all that nonsense. What, what, it, it, it's more of an indictment, TJ, of the status of the heavyweight division while they all sit and wait on uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua that the number three person in the WBC is technically either, if you, depending on who you hate the least, Deontay Wilder or Dillian White. That's kind of yeah, what it comes right. down to. Well, there's a lot of theory that those two might fight for the WBC number one ranking, but can I throw out another, uh, another wild scenario while we're doing this? If the yes. Fury-Joshua fight does not come together, which apparently in the next couple of weeks, they have to have a site and a date with these papers that they've signed. And if there's not a signed, if there's not a site and a date, the signed stuff means nothing. And at that point, yeah. Fury can walk away and go find another opponent, in which case Eddie Hearn might be apprehensive about a, uh, a fight with Dillian White. Then again, Dillian White might get in there with Tyson Fury as a stay busy opportunity, dangerous stay busy guys that might be. I don't know, but I'm just throwing out that scenario as well. Keep an eye on the ticking clock. If there is no, I mean, Fury's father, John Fury went on British TV last Saturday night live and said, we don't have a date. We don't have a site. We don't have a deal. And there's nobody that has the mega money to put up for this thing right now. So if that doesn't tell you, he gave you the, the playbook right now, they're going to look to walk away and fight somebody else because Tyson Fury's now been inactive for 13 months with no sign of when he's fighting next. Joshua at least fought Marquise last December and has been yeah. more current. So Fury's going to let the, you agree with me. Fury's going to look to fight somebody. If the Joshua fight does not solidify Fury's looking to fight somebody probably June and maybe quicker. It, it may be synergistic, and I'm going to throw another name as well on that because Eddie Hearn has been known to do this with, in terms of putting names and bait and switches. Where at one point, to give you an example, if for Dillian White uh, for this rebound fight, he was given the option, of course, of Andy Louise or Alexander Pavekin, and we all know how that turned out. We fought Pavekin twice, so I, I, I don't, I don't see that being a, a, a out of the room possibility. Another name as well is the original WBC mandatory opponent that Tyson Fury was supposed to fight back in December when this whole Wilder thing fell through. Uh, Ajit Cup. Cable uh, out of, you know, out of that name, out of, out of Woodworks. Uh, keep that name in mind because in case T Tyson Fury has to have a voluntary defense, it has to be somebody in the top 15 of the WBC. Keep in mind, TJ, number three is Dillian White. 
number 15 is Agent Cabello. So keep that in mind as well. I'm not exact. I'm not, yeah. Hey, TJ, I'm not thrilled for either one of those opponents, yeah. but Kaba if you're going to fight somebody, I'll help again with the names. Kaba Yell is a Kurdish German. He is, yes. he is of Kurdish descent out of Germany. He's undefeated. He's little known. Uh, outside of Germany or outside of outside of Europe, that might be the guy. That's the guy that Fury was trying to fight in December, and it never came together uh, as well. So keep an eye on that. We've got to get out of here in a few moments. Marquise John, senior writer, Big Fight Weekend, hanging out here. Anything else off the undercard of this one or the Akhmad Alev uh, card that's in Uzbekistan? Uh, he's got two of the belts at 122 pounds. Anything else that stands out for this weekend to keep an eye on before we're done? Uh, yes, TJ. Two things on this Herring Frampton undercard. That's just solid, decent undercard, by the way. If you if you're looking for it on ESPN Plus on Saturday afternoon, uh, one of the MTK guys and their prospects, uh, Zerocroft uh, Turoff, uh, is facing uh, Tyrone McKenna in a pretty much one of the, these uh, staple fights from MTK. Keep an eye out for McKenna. He's actually a live underdog at plus three hundred. He's a guy that's been known to punch things and just punch repeatedly against the prospect in Turoff. That's what we want to keep an eye on. And as well as Donnie Nuetes at Super Flyweight, TJ is also on this undercard. Last scene, having the super flyweight title that he's fighting back to get back into the rankings for, he gave it up. He didn't want to fight uh, Kazioka again for the 50th time. So he was like, you know what? I want to I I go for the payday. And that payday never came. And it's two years later. Now he's back in the mix facing uh, Pablo Carrillo back into the ranks. So Donnie Nietes is a junior bantamweight or super fly, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrone McKenna is a junior welterweight fighting here. And Keyshawn Davis, the former U.S. Olympian hopeful who just turned pro on the undercard of the Canelo Yildirim fight in Miami. He's got his second fight, correct? Second pro fight is on this undercard as well, a six-round lightweight fight. This guy has got great potential. He was one of the uh, the top U.S. amateurs that just got tired of waiting of, are there going to be Olympics or not uh, for Tokyo? Delayed from last year, is it going to happen this year, et cetera? So Keyshawn Davis also on the Herring Frampton undercard, right? Absolutely, TJ. Keep an eye out for Keyshawn Davis as well. He's been he's been pretty active during this pandemic, TJ, and uh, he's been rumored and reported to be as well. If he makes quick work of this guy on this card, uh, on this undercard this Saturday, which I expect because it's a second pro fight, his third pro fight may be on this Canelo uh, Billy Joe Saunders undercard in May. May come right back and fight in the United States because again, this is in the United Arab Emirates. We'll see what happens. All right, I think we've gotten plenty in. Uh, one more time, plug away for everything Big Fight Weekend, Marquise Johns. Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll keep an eye out for these fights this weekend. Looking forward, personally, TJ, to the return of Showtime Boxing next week. I think that card between uh, Jerron Ennis, Boots Ennis and uh, Sergey Lipnitz is a little more intriguing uh, down the line, as well as everything coming down at the end of the line as well, uh, the week after that and everything in April. But essentially, TJ, there's fights coming along. It's going to be a little busy season, and things are coming back in full swing. Yep, and we're all about it on Big Fight Weekend. Follow us on social media at Big Fight Weekend. Go to bigfightweekend.com. We love the historical perspective. We didn't even really talk on the podcast. There was a tremendous anniversary, uh, now the 41st anniversary, of a multitude of fights, world championship fights that involved Larry Holmes, that involved Sugar Ray Leonard, that involved Mike Weaver knocking out Big John Tate in the 15th round with a minute to go in the fight that he had lost virtually every round of the fight, and he knocked out Big John Tate face first in Knoxville, Mm. Tennessee in 1980. They held three world title fights in three different locations. Sugar Ray Leonard fought in Landover, Maryland, 
The big John Tate fight with Mike Weaver was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Larry Holmes defended the WBC heavyweight title in Las Vegas. And ABC Sports showed all three fights live over a three-hour period uh, over the air. Uh, it was a unique situation, unique in that they were in three different places on the same night in the United States. That was 41 years ago. We love the nostalgia with boxing. That's what I'm getting at with the historical pieces. Uh, love going back. If you want to watch uh, Big John Tate, Tim Burr face first, mm. go back and look at that on YouTube. That was March 31st, March 31st of 1980. And Sugar Ray Leonard beat Davey Boy Green mm. that night. And uh, what else? Larry Holmes was also victorious against uh, a lesser known um a uh, heavyweight contender for the WBC belt and, and Holmes would subsequently uh, gain the undisputed championship after that. He beat somebody named Leroy Jones that night with ABC <laughs> showing the title fight from Las Vegas. So they had three title fights, Marquise, in three different places, Vegas, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Landover, Maryland, with Sugar Ray Leonard uh, knocking out Davey Boy Green in like four rounds, a thunderous knockout for uh, Ray Leonard who had who – had, uh, at that time, had not yet fought Roberto Duran. He would fight mm. Roberto Duran later that summer and lose to him, Sugar Ray Leonard, in 1980. How about that? Love the way back, and you do as yeah. well. And we love Absolutely. covering it on Big Fight Weekend, don't do we not? Absolutely, TJ. No, that's a great event. The fact that, that they had free live championship fights in three different locations. That's that. That's something that's, that probably hasn't won't be done ever again in this day and age with technology. And I'm telling you, the legendary football announcer Keith Jackson was on the call of the Big John Tate Mike Weaver fight when Weaver lands the haymaker and John Tate at six five two forty, former U.S. Olympian Tim Burr. It is a wow. dramatic moment. Go back and look at it on YouTube. It's something else. We love the historical perspective. Again, our thanks also to Abe Gonzalez being with us from NewYorkFights.com. Marquise, great job as always. Enjoy Herring Frampton. I didn't get a quick prediction. Give me a quick prediction before we get out of here. What do you think happens, Herring or Frampton? You know what's funny, TJ? One thing I wanted to mention as well. Uh, both these guys are coming off very unimpressive victories, by the way. So I expect it to be more of the same with both these guys. I think Herring wins, by the way, on, on white, white points decision. It, it's right. a, it's, it's going to go going, to distance. I'm going Herring, and I'm looking forward to Herring and Shakur Stevenson or whatever else might be down the road. But I'm going Herring by late round stoppage or by decision uh, as well. Maybe maybe the Jackal surprises here. Uh, maybe not. One last hurrah for him. Marquise, great job. Thank you. Thank you much, DJ. Thanks so much. There you go. Abe Gonzalez also with us, NewYorkFights.com. Again, subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Our thanks to the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, SportsGamblingPodcast.com for promoting us. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Keep reading us on BigFightWeekend.com. We'll come back next week with more on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.